Christmas, or should it be Merry Christmas? Oh, very good. I, right? <laughs> I, I and, say that uh, every year. <laughs> I know this this uh, this uh, pun I got from you, Laura. Yes. Chris, uh, and you know something else that we do over Christmas or the holidays is we back the halls with bows of holly. <laughs> la 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 la. Isn't that right, Thomas Becks? Yeah, well, I thought the, that was pretty good. I actually thought that was quite good. I can't really think of one for Dunbar, though. I know. I, I mean, I haven't thought of one for no. myself. Uh, I, I can if you want, but no. or we can just get on it's with a, it. It's a, it's a hard one to uh, to come up with something Christmassy. I know. I bet we can come up with something, but if it's Christmassy, maybe not. Well, I am the only one who is wearing my Christmas jumper and uh, and my Santa well beard, but. Uh, I can't put it over the headphones. So anyway, we have a <laughs> bumper Christmas review episode this month. Uh, happy holidays to everyone. Happy Christmas. Uh, we've, we made it. <laughs> we made oh, it gosh, this yeah. far. And uh, it's been a hell of a year. But uh, we've got, um, hopefully within the next hour or so, uh, we'll be talking about some games that we hopefully liked. We shall see uh, that we have played. Uh, I will be reviewing... Uh, Alexei's Winter Night Adventure and Siberia 3, uh, two wintry games. Um, Thomas, what games will you be reviewing? Well, I'm going to go briefly um, into Inspector Waffles because you guys already played it and I uh, recently finished it. And I played the sci-fi adventure game um, Warp Frontier. Very nice. And Laura... Which games will you be reviewing? Yes, well, I'll be looking at the card-based, but also sort of narrative game, Inscription, and I'll also be looking at the latest Life is Strange game, True Colours. Mm, so, well, based on uh, the first Life is Strange, we know that you're a Life is Strange hater of that game. <laughs> hater so is we, a strong word, we, but I wasn't a big fan. We will fan. see if you will show your true Very colors. Very good, yes. <laughs> Goodness, he's getting better at this, isn't I he? Know, I know, I'm tired. You know, it must be uh, the Christmas uh, spirit, you know, that my jokes get better as the year goes on. <laughs> uh, well, before we get to the reviews, there's quite a bit of news to discuss that we will uh, fly through. And this month, it's December... So it was the month of the Game Awards, which is it's kind of like the Oscars for video games in general. And there are quite a few adventure and narrative games that were announced. But before we talk about them, I wanted to talk in uh, in depth, very long discussion about all the adventure and narrative games that won an award at the Game Awards. So now let us talk about the new adventure narrative games that, uh, so there weren't many, advent, no adventure, mm. classic adventure game won, uh, because for narrative game, which might be for closest, but uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy one, which is quite, I mean, I haven't played that game, don't know much about That's that, but I was a bit surprised. adventure game, is it? Yeah. I mean, I didn't think that would be classified as a narrative like game a, as such, but. action game with a very good story. Yeah, mm. so. Um, but I was surprised to see that probably the closest thing to an adventure game that won was the game that won Best Game of the Year, which was It Takes Two. 
Um, are you coming along surprise. with that, guys? Uh, we are still stuck at the same point. It takes two years if you're sure, sure, uh, no, Thomas. It'll probably take two decades. No, we do have to get back to it in a new no, year, Thomas. We'll, uh, I know, Come I know. It'd be very busy. We know we'll have to. We will. Be one of our in the new year, we'll get back to it. Yeah, one of your resolutions. Um, yeah. New resolution is to play that it takes two, um, rather than it takes two decades <laughs> in our case. Um, but yeah, now there's some very exciting new adventure narrative slash narrative games that were announced. Um, I, I suppose the, I don't know where you know because they're all big announcements, but probably the one that has us excited, or you, Thomas, most excited, probably yes. uh, the Expanse. Oh yeah, I I freaked out when I saw that uh, for two <laughs> reasons. One, it's a adventure game about The Expanse, which is maybe the best sci-fi show ever made. And two, it's a Telltale game. Mm. I did not yeah. see that coming. Telltale. <laughs> yeah, for people who might be a bit confused, because I know online people were confused, uh, Telltale Arback is not the original, you know, management. They were, they did go out of business, but they were bought by another company. Last year, the new uh, management uh, confirmed that they were working on a new Wolf Among Us. They didn't release anything new about the Wolf Among Us. They, they, I believe it's the original team working on that. Uh, but they did uh, write an article, Telltale, or to, had an announcement on Facebook that uh, they will be able to share some news on that very soon. And they're also working on The Expanse. And the, the team that is going to be developing that game is Deck 13, who also made Life is Train True Colors. So we'll hear uh, more about that. So that is definitely very exciting. We've no release date or anything, um, but we shall see about that. Also, it was announced a new Star Wars game called Star Wars Eclipse, and this is going to be developed by Quantic Dream, mm. who made um, Detroit Become Human and several others. Now, I know that some of their previous games have been, shall we say, both brilliant and not great, sometimes at the same time. <laughs> a bit problematic sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Um, but they are working closely with Lucasfilm so you know my hope is that because when Quantic Dream are brilliant they can be very you know they can be brilliant but when they're not great they can be well quite bad mm. when, so I'm hoping that Lucasfilm can rein them in a little bit well, I can, uh, I can, while still I can keeping their that, creative uh, I can tell you that Lucasfilm has to approve everything that happens in exactly. a game so you can if, if you don't find something that if you don't like something about a Star Wars game don't just point your finger at the person who made it, but Lucasfilm has approved everything. Yeah, so they are, but it looks well. exciting. It's uh, it looks fantastic. It's uh, I believe it's set during the High Republic era. I, I as a Star Wars fan, I'm still not too sure what that what that era is, but I look forward to hearing more about it. There was also an announcement trailer of Star Trek Resurgence, a new Star Trek game, and this is being made by former Telltale employees. So, uh, so again, another narrative choice-based game. Uh, we also saw a scene from Lord of the Rings Gollum, which is more of a stealth adventure game, but that is being developed by Diabolic. Mm. Yeah, that looks amazing. Um, it does look. It looks, you know, like a Lord of the Rings film. Uh, so, hope it'll be good. And we saw a bit more of a new Plague Tale Requiem, the sequel to Plague Tale Innocence. Uh, so, uh, plenty of narrative uh, adventure games announced, and also the Star Wars game, I believe, is the closest thing we've had to a narrative Star Wars game, which I honestly never thought we would well, it have. it depends on how you look at the uh, Fallen Order game. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. That's more yeah. action. But, I mean, yeah, I am currently still playing through that as well. 
Um, but yeah, we're just focused on narrative. I mean, we'll see, we don't know anything about the gameplay, but with Quantic Dream based on their experience as well. Uh, so that is a few games that uh, that were announced at the Game Awards, and over the next year or two, we'll be, I'm sure we'll be discussing these games more. Do you think these, the next- uh, these games will be, um, when it comes to consoles, will still be old consoles in, uh, as well as new? I think they almost have to because of the... I think, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. I think so. I imagine so, yeah. Uh, we don't know too much about these games yet. They're only literally announced. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Hopefully they'll be as good as they promised to be. Um, big, so, big big, names here. I mean, The Expanse, mm, yeah, yeah. Star Wars, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings. That That's about the biggest <laughs> IP you, you can get. So yeah. the only thing missing is a Marvel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Marvel yeah. or DC. Although, oh, yeah, well, DC is getting a Wonder Finally, a Wonder Woman game. There a has, Wonder yes, Woman that was game. mentioned as well, game, wasn't it? Yeah. So. And yeah. it wasn't mentioned at the Game Awards, but Amy Hennig, who uh, made this Uncharted games, or not adventure games, but to do have a strong narrative, she said on Twitter that she is working on a new Marvel game. Uh, so I'm sure there'll be more action with that, but also a strong narrative based on her previous experience as awesome. well. So and that's, and that's, plenty and to that's look forward to. We know that all coming out. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so a lot happening. Uh, elsewhere in news, Siberia the World Before has been pushed back to quarter one 2022. It was originally supposed to be released on December 10th, 2021, but Microids announced that they want to make sure the game is ready before they release it. And after the reception that Siberia 3 got in 2017, uh, because when that game was released, it was quite buggy. It got a negative reception. So I think it's a good thing that they are waiting to, before it's released and uh, hopefully uh, release the game in really good state. And, uh, you know, hopefully it can be a really good send off to the creator, Benoit Sokal. So I'm, of course, I'd love to play it, but I've got plenty of other games to play in the meantime. So I would say, you know, take as long, hope to take as long as they need to make sure the game is uh, right. We have some very interesting new games that were just announced. Uh, just today, the day we're recording, um, Raw Fury, the publishers, announcing a new Backbone game mm. will be released in 2022. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I really don't know what this would be. We don't know whether it's a sequel yet, do we? It just showed a kind no. of snowy scene and that's all it is. And we don't know the date or who's it going to involve. We don't know, even know if Howard, the protagonist, is going to be part of it. But interesting. Yeah, mm, maybe uh, yeah, it's a sequel the- then. Well, <laughs> it, does it say, did it say Backbone we don't know. sequel? It's, I don't know. It just said a new Backbone game yeah, yeah, in so. 2022, from what I've seen, unless I didn't read it full, which I, you know, I think, oh, it's not a trailer. Yeah, but, I don't remember um, it saying sequel, but yeah, who knows? And maybe it'll give yeah. them a bit more time to, you know, do some of the things they wanted to do in the original, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. No, um, uh, but yeah, that will be in 2022. And uh, I think especially Thomas and I will be interested in this. This was actually announced at the end of November by Jordan Pressfield. He announced on Twitter that he's started work on a new Flight of the Amazon Queen game. Completely missed uh, that. Flight of the... <laughs> I know, me too. Uh, we're both fans of, of the original yeah. game. We reviewed it. Was it earlier this year or last year? I think, year? So. I I think it know. was in the start of, uh, of this year, but yeah. Oh my God. That seems like 10 years ago. ago yeah. that, uh, <laughs> um, but I'm really, really interested and uh, also shout out to us uh, Jordan Pressfield said that he is a fan of this podcast hello Jordan I know from giving us a pat on the back <laughs> but we are also genuinely a big fan of Flight of the Amazon yeah, Queen I really game. enjoy that game uh, so uh, hopefully we can have him on this podcast in the next year or so to talk about that game and the new game of course as well so we're really looking forward to finding out more about that and um, and also I just heard as well let's uh, skip me by 
as well. Did you guys know, uh, well, first of all, Robert Holmes, who was, who was the composer for the Gabriel Knight games and plenty of other games as well. He, at the time recording, has a Kickstarter. It's called A Sequel, A, sequel, a Collection of New Game Teams by Robert Holmes. So this is a um, collection of new, fully produced dramatic game teams created in the style of the music from Gabriel Knight and Great Matter Games. And uh, this is done by Robert Holmes. And if you pledge as well, they're looking, they have met their goal, but they are looking for stretch goals. Uh, some that are really, really interesting. Yeah, so there are one stretch goal is you can see a uh, digital version of the 1995 uh, Gabriel Knight 2 gag reel. And if they reach their next goal, $55,000, uh, they will release a digital version of Jane Jensen's personal Gabriel Knight 1 design script with notations. And if they reach 65000 they'll release a digital version of the original audition tape of Tim Curry for the role of Gabriel Knight in Gabriel Knight 1. So you get all this fantastic music plus these... Uh, uh, fantastic extras. You get other extras as well, so I'll include a link to that Kickstarter if people are interested uh, so people can check it out. So that's Sequel Collection New team, Game Teams by Robert Holmes, who is also the husband of Jane Jensen. Speaking of uh, special uh, releases and stuff, have you guys got your uh, Monkey Island special edition? It's uh, on its yet? way. It's, it's been on its shipped. way, finally. It's <laughs> yeah. It's quite a... So we should... Hopefully have it uh, maybe by next month. <laughs> yeah, next month something recording. like that. I mean, I actually, it's it's gone to my wrong address. So I'll, I'll, oh, no. I'll also have oh, to, dear. my landlord's going to have to send it to me. But yeah, <laughs> so that'll be an extra saga. But at some point we will have it. <laughs> and your, your new address is? <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three. Oh, sorry. <laughs> London. <Yeah. laughs> Oxford Adventure Road, Game London. Street. Yes, yes. Uh, Adventure Game Studios. <laughs> uh, well, finally in the news as well, we have not really had any real Christmas games, but now we have two at once released this year. Uh, on the 21st of December, Watch Over Christmas was released by Dinos Games, and the Dark Side Detective DLC Ghost of Christmas Past will be released on December 24th. So maybe by the time you're listening to this, it will be out as well. So two uh, hopefully good Christmas games to play. Um, over the Christmas holidays. Uh, wow, that's that's a lot of news. Anything else that I forgot to mention? I don't think so. <laughs> we will include links uh, to uh, to well uh, the, the, the Kickstarter anyway. <coughs> um, but yeah, so now before we get to uh, the reviews, very quickly, I just want to mention we are on Patreon as well. We are fully we are an independent podcast. We don't have any sponsors. Uh, so if you would like to help support uh, the Patreon, or support us rather, uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast. And there you get some extras. So you will, you will get these episodes at least 24 hours in advance. And you will also have some other extras, such as spoiler discussions with developers, such as developers of Lake, Agustin Cordes about Scratches, James Dearden about Techno Babylon, the developers of Interrogation, and uh, interviews that I did at Adventure X uh, back 157 years ago, uh, back when we were able to meet indoors in person with a large group of us. 
and uh, and yeah, you also get a warm, tingly feeling of uh, helping us. Now, um, so that's patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast. Now, if you're unable to uh, support us as well, that's no problem. You can also leave a review, which uh, would be really, really nice. We, we, we will read the reviews on this uh, on air. Uh, so that would really help us uh, get, you know, get more notice. It would help the adventure game developers that are interviewed, help the games that we review. So it would help everybody if you could leave a quick review as well. Uh, that would be great. Um, so also the link is in the show notes. Ratethispodcast.com forward slash adventure games pod or rate this. Yeah, ratethispodcast.com. The link is in the show notes anyway. Okay, I feel like I've spoken a lot. So um, breeze, now we're breeze. going to the reviews. I will breathe now uh, because Thomas, uh, you had a chance to play Inspector Waffles. Now we have uh, we have um, already reviewed myself and Laura, so you don't need to waffle hey! on about it. <laughs> I'm really proud of myself I today. Just don't know what's happened to Shorsha. <laughs> I'm on form now. <laughs> don't ruin so, it. So Thomas, very, very briefly, what did you think about uh, about Inspector Waffles from Goloso Games? I highly enjoyed it. It's uh Thank you. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you can say a little bit more. We allow you to say a little bit more. I thought it was um it was way more serious than I thought it would be. Without yeah, that's fair enough. Without losing any of the humor. Uh there's plenty of uh of, of, of humor in there, especially if you like puns. Um I thought there was one scene, um I think it's in the third chapter where he runs into a, a few characters that I was not expecting. That was uh, quite, mm. uh, quite yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's really mm-hmm. well done, isn't it? Yeah. And it just makes me, uh, makes me, f- I, I, I said to him on, online as well t- uh, to, um, uh, to uh, Goloso uh, uh, on, on Twitter that I, uh, I hope uh, we'll, we'll get a sequel of sorts because I would love to see more of these, uh, of these characters in this, uh, in this world. So uh, I, I highly yeah. recommend it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It is. Uh, I don't know how high it will be in my personal games of the year, but it's definitely up there. It's one of my games of the year this year. Um, I really, really liked it as well. It, I played it back in March, and it, it, as you mentioned, it was more serious than we thought, but it had some good humor. I thought the humor was very clever, uh, how it dealt with the plot, with the, the plot story, was for quite example. Clever with as the, well. Yes, everything about it, and there are lots of twists that I didn't see coming. And uh, very, very well written. And I did compare it. I mean, I'm not quite sure it's as good as the first Broken Sword. But again, it did give me some Broken Sword vibes with how it cleverly combined serious storyline with its humor as well. And uh, I mean, with you know the the murder victim being a rabbit who set up a box factory in Cat Town, <laughs> I thought that was quite fun. <laughs> I mean, not the murder, but the fact that a rabbit set up boxes and became a billionaire <laughs> in Cat Town. It's like, oh, that's very clever. Um, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed it as well. Uh, so really happy to hear that you enjoyed it. Yep, I was uh, f- uh, there. Very, uh, very, yeah, very much enjoyable. Uh, few hours. I think I finished it in about five hours. Yeah, I think I was about to say four and five hours as well. So, and uh, also, uh, you know, I really liked how to use uh, Inspector Waffles' mother as a hint system. Yeah, yes. that was really that clever. That worked very well. It worked well with the story as well. Um, so yeah, you can check it out, Inspector Waffles, which is out on Nintendo DS and consoles. And Colossal Games announced that he'll be making a prequel, which uh, is going to be released, I believe, on Game Boy. And it's going back, you know, retro style uh, Game Boy graphics. I think so it's, that uh, looks like a fun as well. Waffles' first case or something. I think it's something uh, like that. Yeah, 
Okay, well, thank you for that, Thomas. Uh, so, the first game I'm going to talk about is Alexei's Winter Night Adventure, which I had a chance to play. So, it's about Alexei in winter, and he goes on a night adventure. No, that wasn't as good. Anyway, well, it's not a <laughs> this pun. game... Sure, sure. I know. I was trying to use a title, and yeah, anyway. Uh, well, this game is uh, set in 1980s Soviet Russia, which is actually the second such game that I played yeah. this year. Um, Dom Rusalik, I played at the beginning of the year. And so this game you do play as Alexei, and he needs to get back into his apartment, but he has lost his key. And this being an adventure game, it's a lot more difficult than uh, we originally think to get the key to get back into his apartment. So to, to get back into his apartment, he'll need to talk to characters and resolve puzzles and uh, comb around the environment and uh, and hopefully in the end find it's his key. So this has three episodes. The first episode has one screen where your objective is to find the key to get into your apartment. And then the second episode has two screens and then the third episode has, you know, three such screens. So um, it's, I, I really like this game. It's made by one person, uh, Nezhi Soft is the uh, studio's name. And what, what I liked is how it gradually built up. Um, so there, in the first episode, as I said, uh, there's a story, I mean, the story is not going to, it's probably not the most dramatic, but it is intentionally non-violent, kind of relaxing, kind of, you know, really charming as well. Uh, the, the puzzles, I, I did find some puzzles, I mean, they were quite challenging, but they were logical for the most part. There's only one part that I found that was that I didn't really understand afterwards, but I'm sure because I missed something. Um, but uh, afterwards, even if I did use a walkthrough, I was thinking, oh, that is, you know, quite clever, actually. Um, and I wish that, you know, I had, you know, that I had known, known how to do it. But the puzzles were quite clever. It looks beautiful. It's a, every scene is drawn by pencil. And it really does feel like you are in Soviet, you know, Russia in the 1980s that people are trying to get by, but they're quite nice to each other, quite supportive. And um, so it was, it took me a few hours to play and uh, the music was also really nice. And you can tell that, uh, you know, there's a lot of love put into this game and the developer is really talented as well. He knows how to make, you know, a good adventure game, how to put some good challenging puzzles uh, also, I have to say the English was very good. And again, I'm saying this because he is Russian. So obviously, he's taken a lot of time to, um, you know, to make sure it sounds authentic. And I wasn't the only one who played this because I mentioned on Discord about anyone who played these games. And our friend Dustflower uh, said he played it. Um, he said he played the first um, episode. And he said it gave him a very good feeling for the Soviet Russian 1980s. Um, that he also had to use the walkthrough a bit, but because he's not very good at solving these kind of puzzles in general, like me, um, but most made sense. And he said the pencil-drawn graphics made him feel more at home in this world that he's never lived in. And the accordion and the balalaika song that plays in the background was the reason he decided to play the game in the first place, that he loves these instruments. 
so and also the developer has, is listening to feedback he changed two of the puzzles in episode one from people who said it didn't really make much sense so he's made them uh more logical as well so yeah overall that uh, i would definitely recommend it it's alexei's winter night adventure it's out on steam and i had a really good time playing it so uh thank you nessie soft and I look forward to seeing what he will do in future Nice. And sorry, did you say how long did it, you said it was quite short? How long do you think it took you it, to to play altogether? I, I admit I did use walkthrough a few times because with, with with these kind of puzzles, with kind of inventory puzzles, I do admit I do get a little bit impatient at times. Um, so it took me about two hours. Now I tried not to use a walkthrough as much as possible. Um, but if you don't use a walkthrough, I mean, it depends. If you're a very experienced adventure game player, it could take you the same amount of time. Uh, if you don't use a walkthrough at all, I'd say it might take you three or four hours. If you do use a walkthrough, it'll probably take you closer to two hours uh, or one and a half hours. But again, I really, really enjoyed it as well. There's, again, kind of a positive game, you know, like a nice character, a nice, you know, well, young man who just wants to get to his apartment and then help others. There's one, uh, you know, one of the tasks you can do is help, literally help an old lady cross the road, which is a puzzle itself, which, while that might be a bit cliched, it was nicely done. And I think it's nice to play as, you know, nice people <laughs> in adventure games for a change. <laughs> um, it looks, so, it yeah. looks really um, nice. Yeah, it is beautiful. Some really nice animations. Backgrounds yeah. are beautiful and done by one person. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. thank you, Nezisoft. And... Uh, yeah, so I'd recommend people to check it out. Alexei's Winter Night Adventure. Who's next? So, Laura, you had a chance to play, you mentioned narrative card uh, playing game Inscription yes. with a Y, I see. Yes, I'm just going to shut my door because uh, the the flat above me child is just banging about like crazy up above me. And oh, no. Just being a, pay, a right old pain. I don't know if you can hear oh. anything. Well, let me just shut I can't door. hear anything, but... So this is all going to podcast, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> these are these are good outtakes. I just don't know what that. The child seems to just be like constantly just jumping on the floor. But there you go. Um. Maybe he's excited to hear about the adventure <laughs> games. Anyway, just raving. Ask away. You mentioned earlier that you had a chance to play a narrative, believe card or deck building game called Inscription, or is it Inscription? I don't know. It how is to... Inscription, yeah. I think it's okay, just said with, as with a inscri- y. Inscription, yeah. Okay. So tell us about this game. Yeah, this is a very interesting game, very unusual. And um, if you're if you know the developer Daniel Mullins, you probably um, will be expecting that because he's made a couple of other kind of quite strange games that uh, sort of like to twist. Uh, what we think is a game. He's also made Pony Island and something called uh, The Hex or Hex, I think it's called. Um, so, and these games, I, I haven't played them, but people have told me that they're also quite unusual. Um, and this definitely is. So it is, as you said, it is like a, a card-based game. It's um, it's uh, all about building your deck. You, you awaken this cabin. It's uh, all 3D. You awaken this cabin uh, in, the, in the middle of the woods somewhere and you're, you're playing against this sort of unseen character on the other side of the table. Um, you have to build your deck. It, it's got kind of um, roguelike elements uh, in the sense that, you know, if, if you die, you have a certain number of lives and you have these sort of card-based battles where you, you face the, the person across you on the table. And if you lose all your lives, you go back to the beginning 
Um, but you unlock more things as you go along and you unlock a bigger deck, which means that, you know, you can you, you, each time you die, you're getting more, you know, powerful and you're getting more abilities and, you know, it's helping you advance really. So although you start from the beginning, you kind of are improving as you go along. What makes it interesting is there's a kind of weird sort of psychological horror element to the game as well. It's not just about playing, you know, a card based thing. Um, some of the cards start talking to you because they're all animals. Um, there's things like a stoat and they'll say to you, listen, I know a way out of here. Stick with me. Um, and we'll sort of comment on the things that you're playing. At a certain point, you can actually get up from the table and move around and look around the cabin. And there are some kind of escape room style puzzles that you have to do, which might help you in your card battles. There's certain clues and things you unlock as you go along that you can um, use to, to get more cards or get, there's like some things you can um do to help you in your battle so for example it's quite gruesome i would say so in your battle basically you want to tip the scales um to the side of your um competitor um and unbalance it and that means you win the match now you could do certain things to help you with that for example you can pull out one of your teeth and that will uh, tip it one scale across that way uh, there's other things you could do which are even more gruesome than that to tip it even further but these are sort of tactical things you you can use to come into play to help you uh, basically um th there are, as you go along as well as these card matches there are also um creatures that you meet along the way there are people huddled along a campfire in on one of the spots and you could decide to boost your one of your cards powers there's another spot where you could decide to sacrifice uh one of your cards abilities which they call sigils and uh, sort of use it on another card to make it more powerful so that all these little this this sort of map that's rolled out across the deck uh, across the desk and as you go along as well as fighting there's boss battles as well there's sort of three big areas and there's boss battles that you go across that you're sort of building up to and collecting all these cards that, you know, uh, that, so that you can play against. And then you, what I will say is you, you, this is building up for some time. It'll take you a little while. Certainly took me a little while anyway to to get to the, the final boss of the cabin, you know, because if you lose at any point up to that point, you will have to start from the very beginning again. So you have to face the bosses again, face everything again. Each time it's different. So you're getting different cards. You're getting different um, things to um, sort of interact with. Uh, and there's loads of different little secrets and stuff you'll find along the way, or, or you might not even discover at all. But uh, then uh, when this happens and you're, a sh you're thinking, okay, I must be near the end now because this took me a little while to get to this, everything changes. And I can't really say more than that in, in just the sense that the game completely changes, the style of the game completely changes. Um, and that that is act two. Then you, you go through all that. There are still some card playing elements, but there's other things going on as well. Then there's an act three, which is also um, card based, but again, it's completely changed. You the, the sort of gimmick of the cards has changed. The mechanics are changed. Um, and there is kind of a small act four as well. So uh, for a game that was kind of made by one guy, although, it, you know, there were other people working with with Daniel Mullins on this. There's a lot going on, and it did. Uh, unfortunately, it, it lost me a little bit in the second act because I was getting so into the first. I knew what was happening. It, it sort of made a bit sense. It, then for it completely to evolve into something else, and, and there's a lot of different things you have to take on in the in the second half, as well as everything changing. There's also the, the card mechanics completely change, and you're not really given loads of guidance as to why. Um, 
it all kind of comes together again in the third act, I will say, and I enjoyed that a lot more. Um, but I, I was still, it just sadly, it lost me slightly in that second bit because it was too, the pacing as well, I found a little bit too slow. Um, but I don't know, there's something about it that still, I def, I know some people have said, oh, I, it lost me there and I just left it, but I had to finish it because there was so much going on. Uh, there's all these little secrets that people have been finding out about this game as it continues, all these like little hidden bits. I mean, there's some FMV parts of this game as well, I will say um that you pick up i won't exp- i won't say why but that there's there's bits of that um people have been finding you know hidden hidden bits of code in there which they've translated and found a secret uh, a secret ending sorry um so there, there's a lot going on in this game and it's a game that rewards you replaying it looking into it again discovering every little nook and cranny and i i really love the atmosphere it created in the first act and i just feel it lost it a little bit when it moved away but it's still a fantastic game because it's so unusual and it like i said it gives so much it uh, you know you really can go crazy with this game and if you if you've ever played a card based game this is you know the uh, the options here are kind of endless for the different things you can do with it you can you know the way you could combine loads of different cards i've seen reddits where people are putting their best cards and you know there's things that people have never seen before um so it's good fun but you know it is it's worth it's still kind of an adventure game, really, because of the narrative is is so unusual, and also, like I said, it's got these F and V elements. There's the story. It's it's not just about the cards, basically. There is a story there, and there's loads of different um, unusual elements that you know you wouldn't maybe find in a normal kind of roguelike or a, a card based game. So I would still say, you know, if you like story elements, it's worth checking out too. Although it's hard, it's not it's not mm-hmm. the easiest of games to play. Cool, yeah, I see on Steam a few other people saying the same that uh, they kind of lost them a little bit after mm-hmm. Act 1. Um, but it does have an overwhelmingly positive uh, reviews, both yeah. recent and all reviews, and everyone has thumbs up. Um, so it definitely sounds... Although the reviews uh, haven't really gone into much detail. They said that it's... People have said it's it's hard for them to write a review to say exactly what it is. I think you did a great job there, Laura, to say without <laughs> it's spoiling tricky anything. Because it, it's because it's really <laughs> a game you've got to go into, and I I don't mm. want to give much more away, but I just think yeah. I mean, a lot of people saying it's their game of the year. Um, mm. You know, a lot of people. I I wouldn't. I don't think go that far. I'd have to have a think about it. But um, it, it it was still very good, uh, regardless. I just think I really dug the first act and then it kind of lost it for me a bit it kind of pulled it back a little bit near the end um but i was i'll be honest there was i was still very much like what what is happening here there's a it's all it's one of those games where it expects you to play through a lot and then it will explain it near the end what's happening but sometimes i just like to be told as i'm there do you know what i mean i get a bit tired sometimes with these games that are like oh everything's really confusing now but you'll find out a lot further into the future and it's like well can't we just get fed a little bit of it now just i I don't know i don't want to be spoon fed maybe but i don't know yeah no i i definitely i think i know what you mean there it's like give us something yeah You know, not everything has to be confusing all the time. We find out, but then some, and then sometimes I find if it's really, really mysterious all the way through, and then it's like an info dump right That's, at the end. It's a little bit try. like that with this. Not, but the thing yeah. is, there's. I mean, it's interesting. You could play this game and completely miss the story, really. Um, 
And oh. I know even um, a, a friend of mine, a fellow streamer, who was really into this game and really enjoyed it. And he, there were bits he missed as well, um, which were quite integral to the story. So it's you know there's there's it's all it's been so well hidden some parts of this game um, that I, I don't know you are going to miss some of it unfortunately. And it, even there's bits um, in uh, Daniel Mullen's previous games that relate to this. So you'll probably understand it more if you've played some of the previous games as well. So is this like the Mullinsverse? Yes, it, the it Mullen cin- it is. cinematic yeah, yeah, yeah. universe, and it, and it does reward multiple playthroughs. Then, oh yeah, I think definitely. I think it did take me quite a while, but I'd be—I don't know if I would go back and play it just because you know I feel like I got enough out of it. But I can understand. I mean, there's now a, an extra DLC thing, which is just Act One continuously. It's an endless version of Act One. Um, so people could just you could just keep building up your cards, and it's all about challenges rather than the story as much. Um, but yeah, it's you know if if you want that, you can get that as a little. I think it might be free even. Um, but you, you can you know give that a go. Uh, but I think it's it's still it's a very unique game. It's the horror theme is really interesting, and it genuinely is quite creepy. Uh, throughout i think the the graphics are really uh well done you know the models of the characters are freaky the sound i can just say is really good especially in the first like acts the each of the bosses have their own kind of theme and they're they're each got this kind of i don't know how but they each inspire some sort of dread (laughs) even though they're all kind of like differently themed and stuff and very well done um, and yeah, I, I just think it's worth checking out. The card-based uh, battles themselves are really fun, and you kind of invent, you, you know, you start to get to know the card. You're like, oh yes, I've got this. I could do this. It's all about basically each of your cards, at least in the first half. Um, you know, they they cost a certain amount um, to be played on the board, um, and you know, you've got these sacrifice cards in the form of squirrels that you can play. Um, so it's all about what what are you going to sacrifice for your cards, um, and you know, what cards you, you can only play. You only have um, four cards that you can play at any one time. So it's kind of managing that. You can only pick up one card, you know, per round. So it's sort of it's it's a lot of strategy involved, but it's good fun. And you know, when you beat these big bosses and stuff you know you feel a real sense of achievement because it's hard you've got to really think a couple of steps ahead and it that still happens throughout the game but i just think the first act really had it down and it possibly because this he he made a very short version of this game which was just a little bit the first act for um i think ludo ludo dare um is that what it's called the one of those game jams um i think it's called that mm. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I made think a, so. This is where it all came from. It was a very uh, short version of that, like a 15-minute version of, of the first act, um, I think, with with different storylines and stuff. But um, so maybe it's because he, he kind of had the, the idea for that already, and then obviously he, he branched the entire story out and, and made a much bigger game around it. Um, but yeah, I, I still think I could totally see why people say it's their game of the year. For me, it just didn't quite grab me Mm. as much in, in the in the first half but still very very talented developer and very interesting game thank you laura so that is inscription with a y yes so, yeah yeah uh, like cryption um no sounds really interesting uh and that is available on steam uh, it's on sure steam it's on gog it's on epic game store and it's on humble Perfect. Thank you, Laura. Uh, now, we've, before we get to probably the two biggest uh, newest adventure games that we'll be reviewing, I've had a chance to play Siberia 3. Now, I haven't finished it, but I'm just at the end. 
and I have played enough of it, I think, now to give uh, to give an opinion. But uh, please note, I have not finished it yet. So, uh, so Siberia Three. Um, now, I'm not going to spoil Siberia One or Two. I know those games came out nearly twenty years ago, but still, I know not everyone has played those games, so I'm not going to spoil those games or this game. Um, so, in this game, Siberia Three, you play as Kate Walker. You are found. Kate Walker is found by the Yukols, who are the Inuit civilization in the Siberia, well, universe. And they find her in, well, I think Western Russia. It's very, very cold. Uh, she's nearly frozen to death. And so they manage to save her, bring her back to life, but they can only do so much. They come across a creepy hospital. So they leave her there. And when you wake up, well, she finds that uh, she is in the same room as kind of uh, a UCUP leader, the kind of travel leader who they need because they're on a migration that they do every, well, I don't know how many years. So she has two objectives. First objective, she has to escape this creepy hospital, which is going to be, again, this being an adventure game, more difficult than it seems because in the very first cutscene, we see a Russian general uh, speaking to the head doctor uh, in the hospital, telling her to keep Kate Walker there at all costs. So it's going to be quite difficult. And then if she can escape, then she uh, wants to help the Yukols under migration because they helped her in the previous game. So um, so we play as Kate. Now, this game, when it was released back in 2017, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, it got some negative reviews and it still has mixed reception on Steam. Um, it, people said it was very buggy and there were some game-breaking bugs and also people said from other I didn't read too much but what I read is that they didn't like the story or the voice acting or the characters or you know it's 3D as well or the controls I have to say I didn't have an issue with any of that Um, and I quite like this game and it surprised me because of all the negative reaction I went in with very low expectations I was I am playing through the three Siberia games in the run-up to Siberia, the fourth game in the world before, and I was going to skip this game because it's got such bad reception, um, but uh, I'm very glad that I didn't. So, first of all, um, I'm not going to go too much into the story, but I quite liked it. I, it's similar enough to the first two Siberias. You have some very interesting locations. You have some kind of larger-than-life characters. I will say that while the Yukos, it can be kind of cute they can also be a little bit annoying (laughs) that i can understand people maybe finding them a little bit annoying that there's a lot of them in this game there wasn't as much of them in previous games uh so i can understand but again they certainly didn't ruin the game you know for me at all and i am invested i've again invested in kate walker's character and i think that uh, her character development from the first game to the third game is it, it? It's really logical in this sense. It's really good. We see how she is developed, and again, I don't want to go to too many spoilers on that. Um, and again, the writing for me is very similar. It, this game also deals with racism and discrimination, which I think deals with uh, Benoit Sokol does that in a really good way. Um, the uh, then the, the puzzles actually this is I think an improvement on Siberia 1 and 2 because as much as I loved those games one of the issues I had with those games was the puzzles that uh, the logic puzzles in those games were 
kind of confusing. And one of the issues is that Kate Walker doesn't give much feedback in those games. So it is a lot of trial and error. In this game, she does talk more. That when you are trying to resolve the puzzles, she tells you what your objective is. So you're not spoon-fed, but she does give you some more feedback of what you're doing wrong. And I think it definitely helps. So that's definitely an improvement. Uh, overall, the puzzles aren't, you know, you know, some people might consider them too easy. You do have an objective at the top. You can also choose on the option screen how easy or challenging you want the game to be. You can have objective markers in the game or you can choose not to have them as well. With the controls, I can understand maybe people's frustrations. It's You can play either point and click or with the keyboard or with a controller. And sometimes it does take a little bit of getting used to um, because it's in 3D, because so the camera can move around. Um, now, I have gotten used to it. I would say I play it with the controller and I don't really have any issues with it now. So I didn't have a problem. And yeah, the game is in 3D. And I can understand people not liking 3D in the sense of, for example, with Escape from Monkey Island with Chained, Simon the Sorcerer 3D. And I'm sorry, it you know it's one of the worst looking games of all time. Again, not the entire developer's fault. There's a whole story to that. Um, but in this case, I think the game's graphics look absolutely really, really nice. And there's not a huge difference that I find with these graphics in this game and the graphics in Siberia 1 and 2. And I think it's also, in some cases, an improvement over Siberia 1 and 2 because with 3D, the camera can pan around, which is gorgeous, which you couldn't do in the first two games. It's still beautiful in 2D in the first two games. I think it's also beautiful in three games. I know maybe the character models at times might look great, but overall, I think it's really good. Regarding the bugs, I have not come across a game-breaking bug yet, so I think it's clear that Microids have worked on patches for the game. There are some, especially beginning of the game, sometimes the audio didn't match the subtitles, which not a big issue, but you can see maybe it's a little bit annoying that maybe not really polished. There was one, you know, probably bigger bug that I found. It was not game breaking. It was just there was one character in one location. Then you go to another location and this character then is in that location as well. Okay. And then it kind of disappeared. So it's clear that there was some issue there um, as well. Again, you know, I find it more amusing than annoying. Um, but I can understand if people, uh, you know, if they did have some game-breaking bugs, especially when the game was first released. The voice acting, I thought, was good. Some of the characters that appeared in the previous games uh, that appear in this game have different voice actors. Again, it's probably not that unusual because Tiberia 1 and 2 released in 2002 and 2004. So again, uh, I did miss the original voice actors, but I thought these actors, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's the original voice actor for Kate Walker and she does a great job. Overall, I think the voice acting is good. Now, one issue that I did have is unfortunately there are no manual saves and once again it's only automatic saves. so if there is a game breaking bug and you can't go back to a manual save i can understand why people will be really frustrated with it so again i keep saying this i do think that games should have manual saves and i know developers have told me that the reason they do this is because it's difficult to put manual save saves depending on the uh, engine you use that it can break the game there can be bugs well in siberia 3 it only has automatic saves and guess what there are bugs as well mm. so 
I'm not a developer. I'm not really a technical person, but it is annoying not to be able to manually save. And also, for some reason, the game doesn't save after each section. You still have to play a little bit more. Otherwise, you see the whole scene again. Now, the cutscenes and all are very, very beautiful, but I think it would be really, really nice. It would be a lot better if there were some manual saves, which they had in the first two Siberia games. Um, so I haven't finished. I'm coming towards the end of the game. I have played this game for about 12 and a half hours. And I still have, I think, a couple of hours left to go. And I'm really, really enjoying it. So what I would tell people, if you... Especially, I mean, I would recommend playing Siberia 1 and 2 first. They are classic, especially the first Siberia game. Although they might be a little bit dated, maybe. But this game, it's I think it's a really good modern adventure. Which surprised me, because I was not expecting to like it. But I went in, and it's... A, for me, overall, it's a really well-made game. It looks really nice. It plays well. I think it's obvious that Microids have fixed most of the bugs, at least from what I have seen other people's experience may uh, differ but if you are on the fence about this game and if you have played Siberia 1 and 2 I would say yeah it's cheap you can buy this game I believe it is available on Steam on GOG on consoles on Nintendo Switch um, I think everywhere basically so I would say yeah I would definitely recommend this game mightn't be a classic but it's certainly a lot lot better than at least from what I can I read online from what I thought it would be originally so I would definitely recommend people to check this game out and I think um, certainly before Siberia the world before comes out might be good to they are long games I have to give you that um, but yeah Siberia 3 I would say if you're on the fence you can check it out it's cheap and I think people might enjoy it it might surprise people good I have right. a I still I mean, need to play so? it so. yeah I have to play yeah, I have I to mean, play any of them I've not played any of them Oh, well, I think you're in for a treat. Yeah. As I said, I, I enjoyed I know not everyone likes these games. All three games do have issues, especially the first two. Um, you know, they're not perfect, but I do love those games still. Um, but yeah, I certainly really enjoyed it. And I do think that this game has fixed some of the issues from the first two games. And then unfortunately has other issues that those first two games don't have as well. But overall, I think it's a really, really good trilogy. And... Um, barring a complete disaster the last two sections and uh, I think it's uh, really recommended so far so that nice. was Siberia 3 and again also they're really good games to play kind of a Christmas kind of it's not a Christmas game but they're nice wintry games you know nice snowy locations as well um, and yeah they've played two games now set in Russia <laughs> <laughs> um, this month um, so yeah so, Thomas, um, you played uh, a new game that was released this year by Brossom, who I interviewed on the podcast. People can check out my interview with him as well. Um, so, and uh, you had a chance to play Warp Frontier, which is a game that I really, really want to play and which is next on my list. So, uh, again, we don't have a lot of time. So, will this uh, review be in Warp Speed? No? Okay. Well, yeah. So, Thomas, what did you think of... <laughs> what did you think again. of Warp? Yeah. Well, you know, so you, can't, well. you, know you, you can't win them all. Yeah, you can't. Um, so, let's warp through that joke. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go on then. Uh, so, Thomas, uh, what, what can you tell us about this game and what did you think? Yeah, this is a, uh, a classic 2D point-and-click adventure game where you play Vince, a cop, 
So I've played uh, a, a, again a cup to, for for this. Uh, it is uh, a science fiction game. Plays in the year twenty two fifteen. Vincent Cassini is, as I said, a cop on uh, an extrasolar colony, and he uh, runs into something weird. And as is uh, the one with these kind of games, the one the moment he starts investigating it, more weird stuff is happening. And uh, there's uh, some sort of conspiracy at the at the bottom of it uh, that also um, has some personal complications for him. So that is um, basically the whole setup of the game. It is pretty straightforward. You have your inventory at the bottom. You can just click on certain... Uh, if you press space, you get hotspots. And you can uh, use those hotspots to click on. Sometimes hotspots become available later once you have the, the correct items for it. And uh, there's a lot of dialogue uh, going on. And uh, it's it's a very good story. I enjoyed it very much. It looks great. It is completely voice acted, which yeah, I was not it's expecting. really good voice acting as well. Yeah, it's really well done. And it's, it's one of those uh, stories where I just wanted to keep playing because I wanted to know how the story ends. It's, it's hard to get into it more without spoiling anything. Mm. But... Uh, there are there are interesting puzzles. They also have an um, uh, a hint system in the game, which I had to use a few times. And the hint system works a bit like like Beyond, with where they give you a hint, but if it's they give you a vague hint, and the next one is a uh, is a more uh, substantial hint. And if you go go through, they basically tell you what you need to do. So you can determine the level of hints you get by yourself if you don't click click through it. The puzzles were good, challenging. There were a few, as I said, that I needed to consult the the hint uh, factor, but in uh, overall, I got through it pretty well. It took me about five and a half hours to finish it, and I really hope we get more from this. Uh, this is uh, this made a very good impression on me, and uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it a lot, very much a lot. It's uh, another high mark for uh, 2021 in uh, adventure gamings. Yeah, we've had a great year, I think, yeah. <laughs> with with adventure games. Cool, yeah, because I know that um, the developer mentioned that one of his his, his inspirations was The Expanse. Uh, did you yes. notice that since you've seen the TV series? Yeah, there, um, the realism of The Expanse is in there, but also the a, a bit of the thematics of The Expanse. And also a bit the, you know, themes that are uh, where science fiction is, is very much suited for to explore. And he does that uh, in his own way in this, uh, in this game as well. So yes, I do get the the comparison with the expanse although the expanse i must add is on a different planet to everyone uh <laughs> but it, it it is better to you know to strive for the for the expanse and not quite get there than not do it mm. and he, mm. he gets a long way uh, this is this is a really great game no this this is one game that i've been meaning to play but i've been playing siberia 3 <laughs> for quite a while now and not still not having a huge amount of free time so it's you know, December and all, but I think in January I will begin to have more free time and the weather will be getting worse and all, so hopefully I'll be able to play it by then. But uh, cool, I'm looking forward. Uh, how long did you say it took uh, you to play? A little under five and a half hours. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that's decent. That's a yeah, decent amount. Yeah. And the story's good. And the voice acting, I know the developer is Australian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <we're there. laughs> that's clear. That's yeah. clear from the moment we're, that the game starts. Not, <laughs> uh, well, I hope to play it soon. I'm delighted to hear that you enjoyed it. And uh, as I've mentioned, people can listen to my interview with uh, Captain Brawson 
And uh, and where can people buy this game? Do you know, Thomas? Well, I know it is on Steam, and I guess it would also be on GOG. Uh, I'm not sure if it's on uh, Switch. I think it's also Nintendo. Yeah, then, okay. Yeah, it's on Nintendo Switch yeah. as well, yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Thomas. So that is Warp Frontier. So, finally today... Uh, we have uh, probably one of the biggest adventure narrative games released this year was Life is Strange True Colors, which is the third game in the series, if you don't count the prequel, which was also made by Deck 13. So um, uh, Don't Nod made the first two Life is Strange games and Deck 13, or not Deck 13, Deck 9. Oh my, I'm so sorry. Deck 13 are another studio <laughs> who made other adventure games. So Deck 9, who are also working on The Expanse, uh, published by Telltale, as we mentioned. Uh, so now, Don't Not actually made uh, last year Tell Me Why, which is kind of the same as a pop song with the Backstreet Boys. So now with True Colors, does Cindy Lauper make uh, a cameo appearance, Laura? No. No, no, she won't show her true... Will you show your true colours now, see what uh, you think? Yeah, I'll show my true colours and say, stop, Shorsha! <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the last game we're reviewing today, so it'll be, it'll probably be one of my last jokes of the year. Oh, thank goodness mm. for that. <laughs> if you could even call it a joke. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, what, what, what can you tell us about uh, this game and what did you think? Well, uh, you know, I, yes, hands up, as you mentioned earlier, I wasn't a huge fan (laughs) of the first Life is Strange just because the dialogue felt like it was middle-aged men trying to write like teenagers. (laughs) I did enjoy some of it. I enjoyed, like, you know, the friendships you made along the way. The twist was very interesting. I'm not going to get into that, but there was a lot of it where I was like, my goodness, nobody is going around saying, hella, that's hella cool. I was like... What? And the, just the way it was written. Yes, but uh, Thomas is putting his, his hand up, but you are not a, you know, a 16-year-old girl, no, Thomas. No, not quite. So, uh, so, so, sorry to interrupt, Laura, yeah. but fun, funnily enough, that is actually explained. The origin of Hell is actually expra- explained in the prequel. Is, but, but it doesn't make it any by less annoying. <laughs> just want to point annoying. that out. But yeah, yes. I think that's a fair point, but it's still incredibly annoying. But yeah, yeah, no, I, I do get that. that. I do. There's a lot of it. And it just, that jarred with me a little bit, but... But um, it's still, you know, obviously That's a really enough. great series and a lot of people enjoy it. Uh, so, so, sorry, might, might, yeah. uh, might I ask then, yeah. what was it about True Color? Because if you uh, had these issues with Life is Strange 1, and I know Life is Strange 2 didn't have probably amazing reviews either. Mm. What was it about Life is Strange True Colors that made you want to play this game to begin with? Well, I just, I the trailer really sold it to me. It looked like mm. it was a bit more genuine, a bit more, um, not mature, but it, it was it was kind of less gimmicky maybe. And there are still a little bit of gimmicks and stuff, but I, I don't know, the, the trailer did a really good job of, of selling mm. it to me. Um, and like I said, there are elements of Life is Strange I really like. So um, I was hoping they would take away the bits I didn't like and, and just keep the ones I did. And for the most part, it does with, with True Colours. I think what's great about this one is it's a whole new character. Uh, you play this this girl, Alex Chen. You basically, you're a girl in the early 20s. You arrive in this very picturesque town called Haven um, to reconnect with your long-lost brother, Gabe. Um, it, it seems to transpire, you know, you've not really been with... Something's happened with your parents a long time ago. So you've been in foster homes. You've been in care a lot. 
Uh, you've been, you seem to have been, you know, having issues building up relationships or friendships with anybody. You finally reconnected with your your brother Gabe, and then quite soon into the first chapter of the game, sadly, um, there's a kind of accident that happens near these mines because it's a, a mountainside town. It used to be very prosperous because of the mines. It's sort of not quite that way anymore, but there's still all these mines about. And and sadly, there's this accident, and he dies. Um, and at least you think it's an accident and uh, some of the story elements are all about you working out what really happens to him um, and um, whether you know it was an accident or is it you know kind of a murder what what actually went on so that's kind of like the backbone of the story um, that gets you going um, what one of the sort of stalwarts of the Life is Strange series is that you know there's always like some kind of weird power that you have um, you know in the first one you could rewind time uh, to a certain amount um in this one as alex um i i wondered whether this was going to be a bit gimmicky but basically you're an empath so you can understand people's feelings a lot and and that might sound a bit wishy-washy it, it, sometimes it is a little bit um it, it basically means because you can understand people's feelings you can kind of read their minds um and how this works is you'll be walking along um and there are certain set characters who you can if you want to interact with you can sort of hear and, and sort of feel what they're feeling at the moment and from that you can sort of you know what they might be looking for and you might be able to help them out and that's kind of used in the main story um when you've got to do certain quests and things but it's also used um when there's side quests so there's characters that you will just meet milling around the town and if you want you can interact with them for example there's a girl whose mind you can read she's a runner and she you you hear that she's feeling really um uh, self-conscious about her running she doesn't think she's doing a good job and because you know that you can go about and try and find ways to make her feel better or you can completely ignore that if you want and it's quite simple um but you know it, it sort of works i mean it, it's boiled down quite simply so for example if someone's got a red aura around them they're angry if someone's got a blue aura around them they're sad and it's it is weird because it, it's sort of makes out that you know she's an empath she you know she totally gets all these feelings but then it's all very simple kind of childlike feelings that she's you know it's all like oh well they're really angry or they're sad or they're happy and there's no kind of nuances because it's like well normally people feel a lot of emotions at once it's not just like i am i am angry i am happy i am sad so that bit is a little bit because of it's a game so they can't go into it's not a psychology lesson you know there are Mm. parts of that where you're like well this is real life it'd be a lot more complicated than this but because it's a video game they have to simplify it in some way um and yeah basically much like with other life is strange you you make friends with people there are choices that you have to make or things that you can discover if you want to at the end of each chapter that it says oh you know it looks at all the choices you've made and says oh you you know so many amount of people did the same thing as you so it's still got that format um I I enjoyed that there is there's a lot there's a lot more emphasis on kind of romance. Uh, Alex is bisexual, so you can romance either a male or a female friend uh, in the game, and actually that will have some quite a large effect on on the main ending of the game, which path you choose. Um, and that was quite good fun. Uh, more flirting in games, I ask for, please, because it's just fun <laughs> um, to, to have rom- romance in games, when it's done well, anyway. Um, 
And yeah, basically there are choices you can make in the game and because you kind of care about the characters and you um, you get to know them a lot, I was a bit like, oh God, what if I choose this? What if I do this? So that does help. But thankfully, unlike in Life is Strange and I think in the previous ones as well, there's not this system of, you know, you pick a choice and you think it's going to go one way and actually they throw it in your face and go, oh, well, actually this is going to happen. And you're like, well, how could I possibly have foreseen that? And you feel a bit cheated. There's less of that, which is good. Because uh, I did feel that happened quite a lot in, in the first one where, you know, you it was an obvious choice that you'd go for and then something bad happened because, which you couldn't have possibly have seen. Um, I, I will say that it's really, there are all these different endings you can get, but it, it it's only about only based on really who you kind of choose to form a, a, a friendship or relationship with um the actual murder mystery element isn't doesn't really change the, the ending um it will always go a certain way so some of the choices that you think up to that point that are going to be big choices that there's a little bit of tweaking where basically different characters will stand up for you depending on who you've chosen to you know invest time in but basically most of the choices you kind of make are a bit like redundant you're like oh okay this was going to happen anyway so that bit i was like okay that's un- mm. it's quite unusual compared to the other life is strange um games but as i said you, you you invest in these characters and you do so because the voice acting is great um i thought the the character who plays um alex was really really good you know the facial animations are great um you really get to know all the different characters i mean it's not a huge list of characters because you know it's a small town there's there's a there's a couple of of uh sort of big characters and most of them the rest of them are just sort of side quest people who don't aren't even given a name there's they're given names like i guess that's because you're seeing it from alex's perspective but for example there's just, there's they'll be they'll it'll say in text like woman sitting on bench and things like that <laughs> which was a little weird i was like okay this is kind of weird but i get because it's supposed to be from alex's perspective but it was a bit like okay right um but yeah the voice acting fantastic again the soundtrack is really good you know life is strange mm. always does a, a great i mean there's one bit where it it was quite a sad, supposed to be quite a sad, traumatic moment. And then it played uh, Dido's Thank You. And I don't know, it jarred quite a bit. I was like, what? This it made it into kind of a silly scene rather than, um, I don't know, maybe just because that song is overused a bit for um, if you're feeling a bit emotional. Uh, but mostly the soundtrack's really good. Uh, it's got Radiohead. Um, there's a artist, I don't quite know how to pronounce her, name but um i think it's let me see if i can find her name it's like mxm tune or something um i don't quite know how to say but she does the singing voice for alex and she's really really good um there's like a rendition she does of radiohead's creep which is really really um amazing um so yeah the soundtrack's great unless you stream it because there's an option if you stream Ah. it to um take out all the copyrighted songs which is great because it means obviously you're not gonna get any dmca strikes or copyright strikes by playing broadcasting copyrighted music but they put nothing in its place so there are these scenes where like for example alex is just singing and it can be three minutes sometimes and there's no music and the characters are like nodding their heads and smiling and there's not much else going on. And sometimes you can even, they've left in like the sounds of them tapping their feet and things, but to empty music. <laughs> so it just, <laughs> it seems weird and you kind of completely lose the moment. But, you know, obviously that's not a big deal unless you're streaming it. But it was a bit mm. like, well, if you're going to include that option, maybe include 
some non-copyrighted music instead or something i don't know is that going to be yeah. too much work i don't know but um i guess at least or they something yeah humming or <laughs> just something where it was like otherwise it's just literally you're watching dead space for three minutes yeah um anyway for the most part soundtrack great voice acting great uh the graphics look amazing um they you know they've really done a great job at making it this town look like such a, an amazing place to live it's beautiful 3d setting um so again you know really nice to look at so i actually for the most part i, I really enjoyed it there's one chapter in particular um which is all about uh larping live live action role playing oh yes have you done it i was yes. gonna ask if either of you have done it and it- there I, I i don't think i did it myself there was well not live action role playing but in the prequel um uh, before the storm uh there was a section as well where you could do some role playing not live action but with, okay. uh but so yeah uh, so I good to see I that was an actual lawyer with with, uh, with the weapons the, the, the foam weapons oh, and I want to do that. that looks cool it was, yeah so there's yeah. a whole chapter devoted to that and you're basically you're with a child and who's wanted to do this and they transform the whole town um to try and help this child out and the characters you know and love become all these different you know orcs and elves they dress up and stuff and ah. it's done in a really charming and really yeah. fun creative way and I, I that was my favorite chapter and i really loved that because it got I, I will say this you know a little bit at the beginning it's a slow pace i was a bit like oh no it's you know feeling a bit like life is strange again it's very slow very yeah life dramatic. Is, yeah yeah, and there's all these fetch quests at the beginning. That's the one thing Ooh. I was like, get rid of these fetch quests. These things yes. where it's like, yes. you've got to find this one item. And to, and to do it, you've got to look around all the room and pick up these items. It's clearly it, filler. Yes, it is. It is. It's, no one wants it. It's a long enough game as la- it is. It doesn't need it. Get rid of them. Yeah, They're boring. La- Life is Strange, the first one. Now, I, I've got to say, I like Life is Strange yeah. uh, one more than you did, but yeah. I can understand your criticisms. You do have, I would say, some valid criticisms. Uh, certainly, you know, would agree, but they, I think they bothered me less. One thing I didn't like about Life is Strange 1 was we had to fetch the bottles yes. for, like, no reason. It's, it's like, and I think with games like these... Uh, you know, I know people talk about, oh, games, adventure games have to have puzzles, you know, and sure, we all love good puzzles and challenging puzzles, but a lot of times I feel developers feel like they need to add these kind of things oh. to appease people who want puzzles, whereas I think and, just who remove want, them. Who want the games to be longer and who are like, oh, exactly. it's, it's like, game. Yeah, but it's sometimes like shorter is better. I think it's better if you don't. And Charles Cecil has gone on record saying that he, the only reason he added the goat puzzle is because people say the game was too easy and that there needs to be a challenge. So he said, okay, I'll put in this challenge, you know, this goat puzzle, which now everyone hates. Yeah. So <laughs> it's... Uh, you went, you um, went from, uh, yeah. from too easy to too difficult. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, to kind of... But yeah, so it sounds like with this game as well, it doesn't sound like it's not really hard, just boring and teed. I haven't played this game, but fetch quests, I, I, I don't like them either. Just I developers don't, if, don't... I don't know if they do it to try and get you to pick up loads of the items that they've got in there because obviously you know you have to pick up everything and then they're like oh it's not here and then they're looking at the items whether that's part of the thing or whether they're trying to eke some of the story out in that you know your characters are talking to each other whilst they're doing that but I just think there's more interesting ways of doing it and it's honestly it's a huge bugbear of mine I find it so dull but thankfully after this LARP section there's there's very little of that it's more about talking to the characters putting you know 
putting some time in with them, seeing who you, you know, who you like, who you want to find out more about. And that's that's what I found interesting. And the LARP section is great. It kind of changes halfway through into an actual real turn-based RPG where you've got health bars um, and you've got to actually use spells and stuff to, to attack. There's like a big boss that happens. So it's fun. You know, it completely changes on your head what you're expecting to be playing. Um, and they do it in a really fun way. So that I was like, yes, this is this is the kind of game I was expecting to be playing. Something that's like fun and creative. Um, and it does go into that a bit more. So I think stick with it if you're playing it at the beginning. Because I think they just try, they have so much to try and set up at the beginning. It's just a bit slow. Um, mm. Overall, I still, I did really enjoy it. I think there's a lot to like. Um, I Definitely, I think if you're a Life is Strange fan, you're going to really like this. Because they, they've gotten rid of some of the little annoying bits and just made everything else that people enjoy in these games a lot stronger um and even if you didn't quite like it i would say give it a go i mean the problem is it is quite an expensive game yes i um, noticed whether it's Bloody worth that hell. price i don't i i'm gonna say no it's it's not mm. um so wait for it to come down maybe in the christmas sales. yeah it was quite bright though i still bought it um still have to play it myself yeah uh, this was kind of next on the list as well as, well as Warp Frontier, but I, I still want to play Life is Strange Season 2, or, or Life is Strange 2 before this game as well. Okay. Um, also, there is a DLC about, I think the character's name is Stephanie, yes, uh, who appears in this game, and she appears in the prequel uh, Before right. the Storm as well. Okay. So, um, also, again, made by Deck 9. Um, so, yeah, no, I really want to play this game. Of her. I've heard that this is the best of the Life is Strange games. And it sounds like Laurie, would you say that you prefer this to Life is Strange one? Yeah, definitely. I yeah. couldn't. I was invested more in the character. I found that uh, uh, Chloe, mm. God bless her. Uh, in, in, she's, <laughs> was she know, hella cool? <laughs> <laughs> she's a bit annoying. She's a bit of a wimp. Um, and I know that's kind of yeah. part of it. That is sort of yeah. There's a reason behind that, and there's you know, um, that's kind of how it's played. But Alex was just a lot more interesting character to learn about and i think part of that is the voice acting but part of it's just yeah the writing is better yeah well actually um chloe was the main character in before the storm and i think deck nine what they did was they actually developed her character really well fair enough yeah um, i've not played so that now, so, but yeah but I, but again i do agree i was thinking max you're a really interesting clever person why are you still with this yeah person but yeah I, sorry it's max again. i'm thinking of I, I, oh max yeah, yes. the, uh, i'm yeah, thinking Ale- of max yeah. the main character yeah sorry apologies yeah, but, life um, is strange fans it's been a while since yes, i've no, played but, it but yeah as i said i i you know i really enjoyed life is strange one i really liked life is strange um be, uh, before the storm and still want to play life is strange too and then this game so i hope to play it in the not too distant future as well so uh well thank you laura that is uh that is cool so i don't know what's next in life is strange um yeah, I franchise think be a i'm while, sure i imagine this has been a big one for them hasn't it i haven't so, played yeah. any yeah, of them also, also... i don't yeah, know if I you'd know. like them thomas i really I don't I, know. i'm not sure if you i think tried true colors i think you might like that but i don't know about the other yeah you, you don't need to have played the first two no. life is strange then no so it's a all, separate no. stories yeah, even separate, though they've completely separate one character in the prequel and also the previous life is strange games they were episodic but this game i believe that all the episodes came out at once yeah i mean it, all the chapters yeah. are all just one game yeah 
Uh, yeah. I will say, so, Shosha, there is no manual save. It's all auto Yeah, save. like the previous life is changed. But I mean, least, developers, please, yeah. come on. <laughs> and no more fetch quests. Um, but yes. at least, you know, with this, it's basically, a, it's, it goes back to the last building you were in or the last area you were okay. in. Okay, so, yeah. And it seems to work quite well. Okay, if there is some regular automatic saving, I can yeah. deal with it. But it's, I mean, I've discussed this at length before that I want to play a game as much as I want to play it, even if it's five minutes. If I have five minutes free time, I should be able to play a game for five minutes and not have to replay that game. Yeah. Anyway, I've discussed this at length before. Um, but uh, but anyway, so anyway, that is Life is Strange True Colors, and that is available. I think that's available everywhere from what pretty I've much, seen. It's, yeah, obviously, it's, you can <laughs> get it on Steam. Let me just see. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's um, everywhere consoles the developers are Square Enix as well so you know yeah. Yeah. One of the, Switch, one of the Steam, PS4 yeah. PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S and, St- and Stadia as well wow Ooh, oh Stadia wow that, that still exists yeah, it's always, it always surprised <laughs> me at the, that, that new games are still being released on that I know, must right? have a very, uh, very hardcore and I was hoping that that would work out but uh, maybe it might still work out but uh but okay, so, well, thank you, guys. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Thomas. I think that is it for this month and this year. What a year it has been. Um, you know, I always joke saying, oh, we survived another year, but now that joke is turning out to be an achievement. Yeah. What with the last two, nearly three years, well, the last two years we've had. I uh, really hope that everyone listening is well. Please stay safe. I know we're still going through a hell of a time worldwide uh it's time of recording um you know hopefully we can we can finish with this covid but it's still out there so please stay safe everyone and um well thank you to two of you for keeping me sane the last year last two years throughout this difficult period thank you for everyone listening uh thank you to our patreon support in particular for supporting thank you to everyone for supporting us for on uh, Discord, you can follow us you can join us on discord which is quite active on twitter as well you can follow us and uh, again you can send us an email at info at adventuregamespodcast.com if there's any game you'd like us to cover or just tell us anything at all or just want to talk adventure games yeah. uh, you can as well and uh, now I don't know next month January we will be back we will be doing a, at least uh, an end of year review uh, episode we may or may not be live we still need to discuss this to see if possible I would like to see if we could be live with people uh, hear what people's favorite adventure games of the year are as well uh, we'll see if it's possible you know time permitting and everything so no guarantees as well and hopefully next year we'll have some really exciting guests coming up as well and some more adventure games to review so i know it's been a challenging time for us and for everyone but uh but yeah no we'll you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll get through it yeah yeah um so and merry christmas happy holidays oh, <laughs> if you're listening you to this at christmas and uh, happy new year and let's hope that 2022 will finally be better uh, <laughs> one can hope everyone um, but yeah so you guys know what you guys are playing and Thomas uh, do you, I know you've just finished Warp Frontier uh, so I don't know if you want to take a break over Christmas or anything no but do you I, know I what... actually I have, a, I have a two and a half week holiday period uh, where I was nice. supposed to go to the right. Netherlands some but uh, thanks yes. to COVID, I still can't go back home. So I'm gonna mm. gonna hopefully make yes. a bit of a dent in my backlog, and I'm hoping to play uh, at least Saint Kotar and Blackpool. Oh yes, Saint Kotar. That's an interesting game. I also interviewed developers of that game, and I also want to play that game. Yeah, it came out at Halloween. 
Um, cool. I look forward to hearing what you think, and hopefully I'll be able to check it out sometime as well. Uh, Alora, um, well, you're playing a game right now, weren't you? Yes. I saw on your <laughs> Twitch. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock Vertigo. Uh, not Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Yeah, strange name. <laughs> I mean, Hitchcock Vertigo. I mean, what? I think it's basically it, to get around the fact that it's really not based on on Vertigo at all. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting one. I'll have a lot of fun talking about it. Um, oh, cool. I, I mean, yeah. I'm a huge fan of Alfred Hitchcock's films. I've seen them all. I've seen yeah. his TV series. I'm a fan of Pendulous Studios. I really enjoyed the previous game, Black Sad. Uh, I'm right, going to look they made Black to, Sad. Okay, okay. Yes, but I, I, I don't. I'm still on the fence about this game. I still want to hear more about it. So I'm going yeah. to look forward to, to listening to what do you think next month? Hopefully, yeah. uh, when we discuss this game, you've, you've uh, to see what do you Black think. Set, right? Yes, okay. I did, and I really enjoyed it overall. It had some issues, but I really enjoyed I have it. That one on uh, um, PlayStation. Yeah, well, I will That's be. Good. Do you know if you'll be playing any other game, Laura? Uh, I bought a couple or, for over Christmas, so I'm going to try and catch up on a few things that I haven't got right. I mean, Encodia, I might like to play. What was that? Which one? Sorry. Yeah, what did you buy? Oh, uh, Encodia. Oh, um, oh yes, yes. Uh, one called Mundawn, which I'd quite like to play. I can't remember what else, but uh, there's a couple. So yeah, I'll be trying to make a dent in a few of those. And who knows what Santa is going to give us for Christmas? Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, well, I I won't have my computer with me at at home, uh, but I will be taking my Nintendo Switch. And uh, so I am currently playing The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. I don't know if I'll be able to finish it in time for next month because it's a long game. There's a lot of dialogue in that game. <laughs> um, but it's good so far. Um, but yeah, and as I said, we will be back next month. Keep an eye out on our social media channels where hopefully maybe we might be able to uh, be live, but we, we will see. So that is it for this month and this year. Uh, once again, we hope everyone has a happy holidays, Christmas, whatever you celebrate, and a happy new year. And I hope everyone is safe and well uh, for the year ahead as well. So thank you guys as well. Thank you to, to my good friends, Thomas and Laura. And we will be back in the new year as well. And of course, people can chat to us online in our social media as well. So that is it. Uh, take care, everyone. And goodbye. Cheerio. Keep on questing.